Well, hello everybody and happy Easter. Um, welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. We are going to jump in and talk some tech athletics. Um, got baseball news. We're going to recap the the uh, week that was tech baseball, which <laughs> very interesting week to say the least. Um, we're going to talk um, kind of just a little bit of basketball. There has Despite what the Twitter moron, bozo people are telling you, there hasn't been a lot of news, quote-unquote, this week when it comes to this Texas Tech basketball team. And then I'm going to give you kind of my just my general thoughts on some other sports issues going on. Uh, I'm going to go off on Mark Cuban a little bit, which that's going to be fun. And then I've got some listener questions. First time in a couple weeks we've had those. And then we will have the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So let's jump right into it and let's jump into Texas Tech baseball. They completed a short, pretty short series with North Dakota State yesterday. Um, yesterday. They had a doubleheader. Um, yeah, a, a huge mess of a series and really, it's been a huge mess of a week game-wise for uh, Tech. Um, they did not get to play their midweek against ACU on Tuesday due to the – we had another real nasty wind wind event type day um, on Tuesday here in West Texas. And then um, they were supposed to start this North Dakota State series on Thursday. It was supposed to be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, which that is the normal schedule when it is Easter weekend um, with baseball. And North Dakota State apparently had some issues getting to Lubbock um, from Fargo, North Dakota. And so they ended up, they were going to push the games to Friday at two o'clock, and then you were going to do a double header on Saturday. Well, you know, Friday morning rolls around and then we get another kind of alert that we're going to be pushing the North Dakota State game to a 7 p.m. start um, Friday night. And about basically bottom line, North Dakota State, there were issues getting here and they, you know, they got here, couldn't get here before, you know, the seven o'clock starting time. Nonetheless, <laughs> Friday night. It seemed like Tech was the team that had travel issues all day, not North Dakota State. You know, Tech really looked, uh, I mean, uh, let's just be quite frank, they looked awful on Friday against a team that had only won seven games all year and ended up losing Friday night's game 8-1. to one. Um, Bad loss. It's another bad loss. You know, you can, you know, put that in with the, in the, the University of New Mexico loss earlier in the season. You know, Tech... Tech's going to have to win some games and in some RPI games that are going to boost. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later uh, because at this point, you're not hosting a regional. Um, you, the projection I saw was you would be a two seed in Eugene, Oregon. Um, and I'll talk more about that in just a minute. But bottom line, bad loss for Tech. And it just really a bad game all around they just they did not look good the bat bats weren't there pitching certainly wasn't there either and just a very frustrating game if you're a texas tech baseball fan you know saturday um you know you got you get molina on the mound in the first game and you know tech was able to i think they ended up winning eight to six again you know molina pitched a heck of a game hits came in you had home runs you had all sorts of stuff um 
pitching in the you know after you know you get you get Beckel in there for a couple innings. Beckel does what Beckel does, pitches lights out. After Beckel exits, you had some struggles, and you you nearly um, allowed North Dakota State to come back in this game, which was extremely um, frustrating. And you know we got issues with pitching. I think we know that for sure. Um, Really, the ultimate story from that game, too, is going to be what happened to Owen Washburn. Uh, pretty horrific injury. Um, he ends up dislocating his elbow. And so that's the second outfielder you have lost to injury um, this baseball season. You know, you had already lost Dylan Carter. I believe that was back during the Iowa series. You lost him, um, which is about a month. It's almost about a month now. Um Bad news. I mean, you you lose you lose a quality uh, hitter, and you also lose a quality outfielder. And you know, best best wishes to Owen Washburn. I mean, it looked horribly painful. It was you could you could tell very clearly he was in a lot of pain, and they had to get the uh, compressor um, cast around him. And you know, you just you just hope he he's okay, and it's gonna be a while. Uh, uh, until we see him again on the field, but yeah, pre- that that's probably the not probably that is the story of the game two yesterday. Game three, I didn't get to see a lot of game three. Um, actually, I didn't get to see any of game three. I was at a, I was at a hockey game. Shout out to the Amarillo Wranglers. Although, as an aside, if you're a bozo person that goes to the Amarillo Wranglers games and you do the hockey puck thing where you just you bang on the little plexiglass um you're annoying i'll just say that and you're really annoying when you're doing it in front of people that are trying to watch the game and you're blocking their ability to watch the game so aside done (laughs) um anyway getting back squirrel getting back to the um game three i didn't get to see any of game three um i know trendon parish pitched um, you were able to get the win, and so you were able to clinch the series two to one. It's going to be very interesting um, to see what happens with Texas Tech because um, you were you were flying out today to Palo Alto. You're going to be playing a two game series against Stanford starting tomorrow. Um, this is an opportunity if you're Texas Tech baseball to extremely improve your RPI. Um, if you can get at least one. That's good. If you get two, you're cooking with gas, and maybe you you make up a little bit of ground um, with what you lost losing to a New Mexico and a North Dakota State. Um, you then will come uh, – not come back. You'll then be going to Norman this weekend to play Oklahoma. I think this is a, I think this is a series you should win. Um, I do think it's probably a little bit too much to ask for a sweep with it being in Norman, but you have faced the best Big 12 teams so far. And so these next two weekend series, I think this is an opportunity to get right. Um, I think you, at the very least, should be able to win the series in Norman. Um, You get Baylor the next week, and I I think you should sweep Baylor. It's at home. Baylor is not a very good baseball team. You've got an opportunity here. Now, how much will that help your RPI? That's going to be, I think, the $64,000 question. If you can get at least one game from Stanford, that helps. 
if you get two, you might be in really good shape. But you've got to start taking care of – you need to start taking care of business against teams that you are better than. You are better than the University of New Mexico. You are better than North Dakota State. You cannot lose games like that. You're better than Oklahoma. You're better than Baylor. Those are games you should not win or should not lose, excuse me. Stanford, that's going to be a test, and I'm really um, anxious to see kind of who's going to be the pitchers that are going to step up. You've got to, you're going to have to have someone step up um, in this in this uh, midweek series. Well, I don't even know. Can you call it a midweek series? It's Monday, Tuesday. I guess we'll call it a midweek uh, series against Stanford. Um, at this point, you're you're on the outside looking in as far as hosting a regional, and I think it's extremely important if you're a Texas Tech baseball fan, you want this team to host regionals. That is all four times you've gone to Omaha, it's through Lubbock, and I'm not you know again, could you could you go on a run, you know as a road team? Yeah, I think certainly you could. It's more difficult, and you, you know you're going to have to figure some things out. Um, going going that route, so um, that that's what's going to be interesting to see what happens in this Stanford series. Now, got some frustrations with this Stanford series because it's Pac-12, and good luck finding anything with Pac-12 on TV. I mean, we've talked about it on on this podcast you know, multiple times about how, you know, it's hard to find Pac-12 programming because, well, there's, they have no, I mean, they're, they literally are at a point where they're, they're negotiating with the CW and I'm still yet to confirm if anybody has the Pac-12 network. Um, apparently some people do. Anyway, getting back to what I was saying, that's the part that kind of stinks. It's, um, I've heard, so I think tomorrow is on the Pac-12 network. So nobody will see the game tomorrow because it's on the Pac-12 network. Um, and then the Tuesday game is on something called like Pac-12 Insider, which apparently is free to stream on the internet. And I've, I've kind of I'm in the process of searching my Roku that I have, and I haven't been able to find any sort of um, Pac-12 Insider, so I don't know if you can get it on the Roku. I will let people know on my Twitter account once I figure that out. So, um, but bottom line, I think with Texas Tech baseball, you got to take care of business um, this weekend against Oklahoma. If you can at least get one win in Palo Alto, that's great. And then certainly, I I, I just. I, I just don't think there's any excuse to lose to Baylor next weekend. Um, that's That would just be a pretty awful loss for you. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, you've got, you've got a game against Grand Canyon coming up next Tuesday. You lost to Grand Canyon last year. That's another opportunity to improve the RPI because um, they, they are a pretty uh, decent baseball team. But, yeah, yeah, bottom line, you've got to be able to – um, get some wins here and then just kind of hope hope that you can maybe vault yourself to at least at the very least hosting a regional and then you just you just never know could the super regionals work out for you you know you'll see what happens so all right we're going to switch gears and we are going to talk some Texas Tech basketball there hasn't been a lot of basketball news this week and that's despite what Twitter bozos 
um, have been have been, you know, propagating, you know, uh, Grant McCaslin, he, you know, he was hired and he had his introductory press conference on Monday. Thought it was a great press conference. You know, nothing has uh, changed my feelings about this hire. I think it was a great hire to bring in McCaslin. You know, he is bringing in two of his assistants from North Texas. Um, there are rumors about who could also potentially be coming, coming in as well. Um, I'm, you know, We'll see what happens. Um, some of the, many of these rumors excite me. I think it'd be some great hires as far as getting your coaching staff. You did have um, some players enter the portal. Um, Daniel Bacho um, entered the portal. I'm sad as a as a fan because I always really enjoyed watching Bacho. Um, I did. I do think. I don't know if it was injury related or what. There was a little bit of regression this year from Bacho. Um, so I wish him the best. I think, you know, uh, my, my friend Alan, uh, his dad got to meet Bacho at the mall once and got his picture made. So I, seems like a great, um, character, um, has high character and seems like a great, um, individual. And I just, I wish, wish the best for him. I don't think he probably comes back just based on the timing of when he entered the transfer portal. Um, the other big, really, this one was, I think, a bigger surprise was uh, Davion Harmon has made the decision to declare for the NBA draft. Um, he was one that I really, I thought he was a piece that it would really be good to have back next year. Um, I thought you saw a lot of great from him. And he was somebody that you could, he he played with a passion on the court. And you could tell he hated losing. He hated um, kind of the way the season went and was work. I, I think he was working his tail off in, um, you know, in practice and things like that to fix that. Um, so I wish him the best as well. Um, again, you know, these guys are Red Raiders for life. You know, I, I think, I think most fans now understand the way that this works is the, you know, we are in a transfer portal world and you have to, just understand that you're going to have to re-recruit players every year to your team and you're going to have turnover on your team as far as players entering and exiting the transfer portal. Um, so, so far you've got Bacho in the transfer portal. You've got Davion Harmon um, indicating he's not returning. Um, Fardaz Amak, he actually emerged from the transfer portal. He's going to be at Cal uh, Berkeley next year, you know. I didn't know they still played organized sports at that university, but I guess they do. Uh, <laughs> um, Jennings is currently in the transfer portal as well. Um, all reports seem to indicate that he is um, deciding between um, Virginia and Texas Tech. So we will certainly kind of have to stay tuned and see what happens there. I think, you know, that would be definitely somebody I'd, I'd love to have back. Um, next year, um, I thought you saw a lot of good flashes from him, but I, you know, I think he, you know, there's a little bit of a development, um, developmental stuff that ha- has to go on with him, but would love for him to continue to grow as a player at Texas tech. And so we'll kind of, kind of see what happens with him. Um, as far as other people in the port, I think those are the only ones so far. I'm, let me look real quick. On the seeds, the Chris Carpenter Show. If you had that on your bingo card, you got it. So, um, looking here, that was the wrong button. So, Texas Tech, 
Um, yeah, so KJ Allen, I don't expect him to come back. He is in the portal. I think, uh, you know, I think he's going to go somewhere else. Um, Elijah Fisher is an interesting one to me. Um, I would lean probably he stays in the portal and goes somewhere else. It, you know, I, I think you saw flashes from him, but I also think there was just a um, – I think he he I think he wants a fresh start, and you know again I I don't blame him uh, for wanting a fresh start. So, um, as far as other players right now, there isn't any current ones um, in the portal. Now, let's talk. I I do want to address and 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 I normally don't address Twitter nonsense, but. I do want to kind of give you my thoughts on 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 one of the big you know Twitter rumors, message board rumors running around that um, supposedly McCaslin is not talking to any of our current players. He's wanting all of them to transfer out, and he's wanting to start all over. So I want to say a couple of things about that. Number one, it's still a rumor, and you know I have I've heard. I'm going to try and be careful what I say here uh, just because I'm trying to respect someone's wishes. Um, I've heard a different account of that from some reliable sources that that is not, that is not necessarily the case. Now, could you see more players enter the portal? Absolutely. Um, you could see more players enter the portal. Um, you know, having said that, let's assume that is legitimately what's happening It's his prerogative. I don't believe he's being mean spirited about it. You know, I think I think McCaslin is the type of coach that has a specific vision for the type of play that he wants his teams uh, to do, and it's worked. It's worked everywhere he's been. Uh, one of the amazing statistics that I just read is every coaching stop. McCaslin has been at you know he's been in he's at Midland College Midwestern and Wichita Falls Arkansas State North Texas every stop that McCaslin has been at when he leaves that position he leaves as the winningest coach in that program's history so this isn't some yahoo that we're getting off you know the turnip truck um that we're expecting to you know build rebuild texas tech and so are there pieces of this texas tech team that played this year that i want to come back absolutely and we've talked about them before but i also fully realize they may not come back they may choose not to go they may choose to leave mccaslin may choose that for them that's part of the business and you know it is what it is. But I also want to add one other thing, you know, and I, I'm i not going to mention the name of the the radio host. That again, he, he kind of went after my friend on Twitter and it kind of hacked me off about, you know, he kind of he kind of came off as saying, well, we don't like we don't like to know how the sausage is being made. Like, OK, we just, you know, we don't like to hear about, you know, the rumors on message boards and things like that. It's not that. Um, you know, obviously, and, and, and I, I'm, I hesitate to talk uh, Mark Adams again because I do respect the man and I do feel like um, I'm really sad that it did not work out for him. Um, 
he certainly made some mistakes at Texas Tech. Mark Adams did. But some of the rumors that were talked about on social media, on message boards, you 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 hear from people that were legitimately actually involved in the program, they'll tell you they're false. And that's the part that I think frustrates me as a fan, frustrates other, you know, some of my friends that are fans as well, is just because someone says something on Twitter or on a message board doesn't make it true. I can go on to Twitter right now and tweet just nonsense. And there are going to be people that say, oh, my gosh, that's what's going on in the in the basketball program, wherever. That's not, you know, you just you just have to be careful in in where you get your news sources from. <clears throat> and my my biggest piece of advice would be anything you see on Twitter, anything you see on Twitter's the one I'm picking on, but they're the big one. And anything you see on a message board, even a message board where you have to pay to see it, take with a grain of salt because there there is a potential that the person that's posting that information, they have an agenda themselves that they're trying to exploit, quite frankly. And so you just you just have to be careful in believing everything you read. Um, and and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I gave I, I gave Mark Adams the benefit of the doubt and you know really even till the very end. I I I, I didn't like how how things how fans turned on him and um, I do think it's probably best that he did step that he did step down and uh, you know like I said I wish him the best um, but I'm going to I'm going to trust McCaslin and his staff and I'm going to support them you know and and hope for the best and I, I think less than a week on the job you cannot make some sort of verdict ruling on this hire and I think some fans already want to do that I just that's not really healthy and that's not really helpful. Um, and it's not, we're afraid of being, of the sausage being made, you know? And by the way, just piece of advice, and I'm not a radio host. Um, don't look down at people that listen to you. Don't look down at, you know, your Twitter followers. Don't look down at people that ask le- legitimate questions. Um, I try not to do that when people ask questions on my podcast. And yes, I know I'm not some famous radio host with a with a show on the radio but you know people have questions try to answer it in in the best way possible without acting like offended that that they have a they have a different opinion than you so anyway um other thoughts as far as we're going to switch gears talk about sports um Mark Cuban equals Jerry Jones. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. And Mavs fans, I used to be a Mavs fan until I was told, well, I was already exiting Mavs fandom, but 2020 basically exited my NBA fandom because I was told they did not want my support anymore. And so I, you know, gave them, I uh, accepted their offer of not supporting them anymore. But Mark Cuban's Jerry Jones, and he is now wasting away another generational talent. He only got one championship out of Dirk, one of the greatest power forwards of all time. And we're only going to get – are we going to get anything out of Luka? 
I don't even know why I say we because I'm not a Mavs fan. Are they going to get anything out of Luka? No. Because Mark Cuban does not know how to run a team. He knows how to make headlines. He knows how to, you know, prop himself up and promote himself. But he does not know how to run a team. And that's clearly, again, bared out this year. And if I'm Luka Doncic, I'm jumping when I can and getting to a a more functional franchise. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, other thoughts, I'm trying to think if there's any other big things going on football, um, spring games coming up. I don't know if anybody's going to go see it. Um, I'm, I'm probably not, but we'll kind of keep an eye on that. Oh, um, one other thing on basketball, we did find out that tech is going to be playing in the big 12 big East challenge this year against Butler. Um, I think it's going to be a great matchup. Tech's going to go at Butler, the arena that was part of the Hoosiers. Excuse me, I don't have a cough button. Um, This is not a high-class operation yet. Um, Anyway, but I think that's going to be a great matchup. I was a bit surprised. I thought the Big 12 Big East matchup was going away after this year. I hope um, Texas Tech, well, I really hope that the Big 12 can work out some sort of deal with potentially the Big 10 to have like a Big 12, Big 10 challenge. Um, you, You have the Big 10 ACC challenge going away and the Big 12 SEC challenge going away. And so I think that could be an awesome um, opportunity potentially to get another uh, quality non-conference opponent on your schedule. Um, My biggest piece of advice to McCaslin, by the way, is yes, I know you have to schedule some amount of cupcakes, but do not make that the bulk of your non-conference. We already know Tech's going to be going to the Bahamas and they're going to be playing uh, three very tough games. You've got Butler next year on the schedule, and you also have St. John's. Um, I would, I would really focus in on if you can't get Power Five opponents to come to the USA, then at least don't schedule just like exclusively SWAC teams or you know MIAC teams or you know those types of conferences schedule teams from the AAC schedule teams from the Mountain West schedule teams from Conference USA I think you can get some uh, some good quality opponents in in that w- that would be willing to come to Lubbock um, and really and don't go to like don't go to these classics where you're playing in like a high school gym where it's high school level like production quality on TV um, that that would be a criticism I had of Mark Adams' scheduling, and hopefully let's let's fix that going into this new regime. So, um, there has been some discussion that supposedly um, that he is going that UConn is interested in coming to the Big Twelve again. I think it's very clear Brett Yormark is wanting to have a spinoff basketball and football media deals, and he's wanting to bring in some basketball members to potentially bolster a really good, solid media deal for basketball. Gonzaga obviously is being targeted. Um, Sounds like UConn is, but UConn wants to come in for all sports. I would be a no-go on that with UConn. Um, I don't want UConn football. There's they bring nothing in football. Basketball, they bring a lot. And, and if you're going to bring in UConn in basketball, by the way, they're coming in as women's basketball too. Because can you imagine 
UConn women's basketball at the USA. Woo! That'd be fun. Um, but that's going to be interesting to keep watch on as well. What might be coming uh, coming to fruition here? I think you're going to raid the Big East is what it, what it sounds like ultimately. And um, so that'll be interesting. Brett Yormark is basically doing the exact opposite of George Kalayakov. And that's why the Big 12 is going to be thriving. And that's why the Pac-12 is dying and worrying about being having to <laughs> having to potentially be on the CW, but I am looking forward to the Riverdale Pac-12 crossover coming to a television near you. So, all right, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, it'll be time for some listener questions. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the listener questions. I. <laughs> Woo! Sorry, it's like Anchorman. I forgot where I was at. Um, so, by the way, um, best way to ask questions of me is to follow the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is at the Carp Show, and you can tweet at me. I usually post a, twi- a tweet that says, "I'm recording." Ask questions. First question, and it's a Star Trek question, uh, Tom. Gonzalez asked, who would you rather have a conversation with, Mr. Spock or Mr. Data? Mr. Data, for sure. I think Mr. Spock, well, Mr. Spock, he never endeavored to be human. He kind of hated the human part of him. And so I, he could have come off as a bit of arrogant at times. Mr. Data aspires to be human. And so I think it would be an interesting uh, conversation to have with him. By the way, my plan is to drop a special podcast episode when the latest season of Star Trek Picard ends, which is going to be in a couple of weeks. I'm going to give you my full season and series review of Star Trek Picard because uh, this is going to be the last season of Picard and kind of give you my some of my other opinions as far as what could potentially be on the horizon for the Star Trek future. Um, so anyway, good question. And let's jump into some more questions. We got a we got a whole bunch this week, including we got one from Mr. Orenthal. Um, so Randy from Shallow Water, why are the Mavericks such a dumpster fire? Well, I kind of addressed this in my monologue this week. I guess you can call it a monologue. Um, it's Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban is just Jerry Jones, but he's Jerry Jones in jeans and he's hipper. But he he again, you've had two generational talents that have gotten to the Dallas Mavericks, and you've gotten one championship out of them. It's inexcusable to me. And and it's amazing that Jerry Jones, and he should be, Jerry Jones should be vilified for what he's done to the Cowboys, but Mark Cuban gets a pass because he's hip and he's cool and he's liberal. Just going to go out and say it. That's why. But they're a dumpster fire because Mark Cuban does not know how to run a basketball team. And this is going to be the continued pattern for the next 10, 15 years of Luca's career. Unless Luca gets to go somewhere where they have an organization that, that knows how to win. So Erica from Floyd data, how many current tech basketball players will be on the team next year? So I, I truly, my gut right now tells me, Pop Isaacs comes back for sure. I believe that Jalen Tyson comes back for sure. Um, 
that then this is where it kind of gets tricky. Um, my gut right now tells me I think Washington comes back. The other players that are not currently in the portal right now, uh, Demarion Williams, uh, Kerwin Walton. I'm not really sure if they come back. And and I'm not willing or wishing them to go to the portal. I'm just telling you what my gut is. Um, so I think those three for sure come back. I would be shocked. Um, I would Washington, I'm probably like 60-40. Tyson and Pop Isaacs, I'm like 80-20. 80, 80% sure that they come back. Those two for sure, I would be completely shocked. And that would tell me, yeah, we're doing a complete rebuild of the team if if those are if those guys are in the transfer portal. Um so I think I'm gonna say three three players from this current year's team comes back. Um Drew Steffi uh is coming as well. We do know he's coming in as a freshman. Uh Kyron Lindsay, the Georgia transfer. That's another one. I, I'm not counting him as part of this year's team because he didn't play. Um, my gut tells me he probably comes uh, comes plays for Tech next year. So it's transfer portal. It's 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 hard to here on April 9th, It's really difficult to ascertain what your basketball team is going to look like next year. And that's not just a tech problem. That's everybody's problem. Uh, every team has this issue. <coughs> All right, Daniel from Earth. Where do you see Tyree Wilson getting drafted? And what does his success say about the state of Texas Tech football? <coughs> so where he gets drafted hinges on what teams choose to trade up in the draft to get a quarterback. Um, I don't see him. Number one, uh, Panthers, they're going to get a quarterback. I believe the Texans will get a quarterback. Um, number three, I think, is is that the Cardinals? Let me look that up real quick. Um, yeah, let's look real quick and see what our order is. Yeah, the Cardinals are the number three pick. They, I, I, from projections I've seen, I don't think he goes to the Cardinals, and that's a good thing, by the way. Um the Colts, I think they're going to get a quarterback, so I don't think he goes to the Colts. Um, I think where it gets interesting is is starting at number five with the Seahawks. I, c- I could see the Seahawks getting um, Tyree Wilson. I've seen a lot of projections put Tyree Wilson going to the Lions at number six. Um, so I think I would love for him to be a top five pick. I think it's going to be borderline. Uh, for him to be top five, just because I think the teams that are in the top five are either going to go, um, they're either going to, they're wanting a quarterback or, you know, the Cardinals, I don't know, I don't think they know what they want. And that's why I really don't want him to go there. Um, and so I think I would say my gut right now, either Seahawks or Lions will be picking uh, Tyree Wilson. And I do think those are two potentially very good situations. I know that's weird to say that the Detroit Lions is a good situation, but um Seahawks, we've the Seahawks are basically doing they're building their team like they built their team when they won the Super Bowl. Um they got a they they've got um 
Geno Smith on a, a pretty decent contract deal. I think they might look at getting a quarterback to come in on the cheap uh, for rookie quarterback deal, and then they're building their defense. And, you know, they got themselves in the playoffs last year that way. We'll see, you know, I think they could, I think they could be in a position, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be between them and the 49ers as far as um, the NFC West, um, which that's what it was, you know, 10 years ago when, you know, the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. It's them and the 49ers again. Um, I think I still, and I, yeah, this pains me as a Cowboy fan to say that I still think the 49ers are probably a better team right now. But again, you know, Pete Carroll's doing what he did 10 years ago in building uh, a team to to contend and, and win Super Bowls. And then you've got the Lions. And again, it sounds weird to say that the Lions are a team that, you know, would be a good fit, a good organization to go to, but they really are right now. I think they're going to be they're going to be in a position to win the NFC North next year. Green Bay, there's no guarantee Jordan loves the answer, and they still Aaron Rodgers still technically on their team too, so that's going to be a mess. Um, Minnesota, you can't trust Kirk Cousins to be consistent game by game by game, and Chicago, I still think you're several years away because of you got. I mean. Is Justin Fields the guy? We don't know. And so I think Detroit, they have the pieces to at least win a division. And so you add a Tyree Wilson along with Aiden Hutchinson, who had a fantastic rookie year. That makes sense. Um, now, the second part of the question, what does that say about the state of the Texas Tech program? Yeah, I mean, Joey McGuire, in the span of a year, has changed the perception of Texas Tech football. Now, are, is Texas Tech football respected yet? No, but I could I could see a scenario where Texas Tech football this year has a TCU like year. Now I'm not saying they're going to play for the national championship and all that, but I think if you look at the Big Twelve right now here in April, I put Texas Tech as one of the three two to three teams that will be contending for a Big 12 championship next year. I think they certainly can be in that in that um, conversation. And so it's – which is if you are a bit of Tech fan for the last decade and a half, it feels good to say that um, because, it, you know, we spent 15 years wandering in the wilderness as a Texas Tech football program, and now – you're finally seeing stability, and, and it's paying off dividends. Paid off dividends in his first year. I think it's pay off dividends in his second year with Joey McGuire. So it's gonna. Uh, I said this last week on my on my podcast. I think we could be in for a really exciting fall. All right, Daniel from okay. I already did Daniel from Earth. Sorry, Daniel. Uh, Vance from Wellman. Who wins the NFC East next year? Uh, so if we follow the pattern of it's got to be a different team. That knocks out the Eagles. Um, the Cowboys, I think that's going to be a dumpster fire. I think Mike McCarthy gets fired midway through the year. <laughs> I guess the Giants by default. I don't trust the Commanders. I guess I'll go by the Giants. We'll say Giants by default. They got Daniel Jones coming back. You got Saquon Barkley. I'll say Giants. Giants win the NFC East next year. So, Larry, I hope you're happy. <laughs> All right. Okay, folks. Pep.
Those in Pep, in the community of Pep. I'm John Robinson. Um, <laughs> Orenthal is riding from Pep, and he says, The latest cold front caught me off guard. I went to get my gloves yesterday morning, and one was missing. Have you seen it? Well, Orenthal, I've seen them, and I've heard they don't fit, so you must have quit. That's all, folks. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And my tip of the week, I'm going to give you a movie recommendation, a movie review. Um, It is the movie Air came out uh, this week. It stars Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. They are playing uh, Nike. uh, Ben Affleck's playing Nike uh, CEO Phil Knight. Uh, Matt Damon's playing a guy by the name of Sonny Vaccaro. And it basically is the true story of how did Nike get Michael Jordan to sign with them and basically the introduction of the Air Jordan brand. And I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, this, If you saw Ford versus Ferrari a few years ago, it kind of gave off that, those vibes of Ford versus Ferrari, um, but but about shoes. I learned more than I ever knew about Converse and Adidas and, and just the whole process. And the amazing thing to me is even to this day, Michael Jordan just makes, just from shoes, he makes $400 million a year in just residuals from the Air Jordan sales. It's amazing to me. Um, I think it's a great movie. And, you know, even if you're not a sports fan, I think it's a great movie. I think you're going to learn a lot about just business and kind of how th- how things work in, in, in business. So I would give it a recommend. So go see Air if you have the opportunity to. All right, folks. Um, I hope everybody has a great week. Oh, excuse me. And I will, uh, my plan right now, I'll probably either record uh, next Saturday or I might record again on Sunday and kind of go from there. Um, But I hope everybody has a great week and I will see you next week for the Chris Carpenter Show.